Welcome, welcome to Angered and Devoted. We're two crazies in a box here to argue and bicker about how we love God and how best to love others. <laughs> how to help you as a believer in Christ uh, walk out your faith. I'm Pastor Joseph. This is Pastor Jer. Um, we're not twins, but we are siblings in Christ that love each other dearly. Um, he is my brother from another mother. Uh, and I do love his mom just as he loves mom. My mom. Indeed. Indeed. Um, okay, you're kicking off the topic. I'll I'm kicking off, man. Started. Yes, let's talk about this. Uh, we're talking about uh, struggling. We're talking about what it means to work through difficult things. And the question that kind of got this going last week as we were talking was basically the question, uh, are you able to, is struggling necessary in the Christian life? Is moving through and accomplishing, overcoming um struggling to the point of succeeding, is that a part that I should expect for the Christian life? Um, and in these conversations, you know, Dave and I try to come up with questions and toss them to each other. This is really a conversation though, that he and I are having as friends, um, not, not just for the podcast, not just theoretical, but looking at our own lives. Um, so Dave, let me, let me hit you with this. Uh, where do you see struggling being a part of the Christian life? Is it something that a new believer should expect when they, let's just start there. I think any, uh, I think any believer should expect. Um, I think it's just for new believers, but definitely new believers should be aware. I think often when we sell Christianity, um, you know, as you know, walk the aisle, raise your hand, get dunked, you're now on the winning team. You, you get this idea, this sense of uh, this new culture you're stepping into that struggle is not part of, supposed to be of it. Failing is not supposed to be of it. Like losing cannot occur. Um, and all those things are not true. Um, I, I hate to bust the bubble. If anything, um, uh, you're on the winning team, yes, and you are a child of God. You are <clears throat> called um, to be better and to live better. And you're, you're free from the bondage of sin, but the battle is on. You're now fighting Satan who is, has gotten, you know, a couple thousand years uh, running um, of reigning on earth. And there's some good systems set up to trip believers. Um, I mean, just imagine going hunting with me, Jer. And for those who don't know, Jer is visually impaired. Um, it's not going to be fun if you don't know the land where, especially if I do yeah. know the land and, yeah. and Satan is good as well as his legions of fallen angels, uh, also known as demons are, are good about building systems and processes. So that they only have to be present for you to trip and fall. Uh, it's there, it's waiting. Um, and the struggle is real. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where, um, I know that in the struggle, we grow them. And so it's not something to run from, or even avoid. It's not something to run toward either. Um, but, it, but it is something that God um, does bless as we draw closer to him. And so I, I do believe there is a, um, a benefit to um, going to the spiritual gym and, and struggling there where you are wrestling with um, both God and self and trying to uh, let go of self 
and embrace the truth of your new identity. Um, I, I do believe in the struggle. Um, we bear more fruit. We bear better fruit. Um, I think you see that in the history of our family as, you know, children of God. Right. Uh, be in China and the church growing there under oppression, whether it be in other places where the church is, you know, the goal is to snuff it out in love, uh, which is found solely in God, um, seems to swell up and move and change and cause people to realize their need for God. Um, okay. So I mean, perseverance is, is part of uh, the process of being um, <clears throat> A chosen child of God. Okay. So let me ask a follow-up question then. Um, you talked generally about struggle, suffering. Um, what kind of struggles, what areas of our life specifically, uh, for the new believers, should they be looking at and saying, "There's, I'm going to expect that I'm going to be struggling in this in this area of my life. And are there any areas where if they're if they're experiencing a struggle, maybe it's a red flag they're doing something wrong. Yeah, this is you know, struggle versus bad. I mean, okay. there are two different types of struggle. Um, there's a kind of as a hint of a gym struggle mm -hmm. versus um, uh, a um, a habitual sin struggle. Um, that is um, a place where you are either accepted or seeking acceptance there, or you're being gratified in some way outside of God and his family. And that right there is not a healthy struggle. Um, know that it is a part of your journey, but it is something that you are to let go of. So if I'm experiencing satisfaction in something other than my relationship with God, my relationship with the people of God, that's, you're saying that's should be a red flag. I, I, it's at least yellow. Um, that's, you know, that should be a question of concern. Example, um, you're going out hanging out with your friends and you're having a drink or two. The drinking isn't going to be a sin until now all of a sudden you're drinking by yourself and that is the goal. Like I'm losing myself to the alcohol as opposed to the engagement with friends, the Holy Spirit, God, um, that relational side that you're created to uh, um, engage with, you're now relating to what's inside of a bottle. You're looking for a new spirit, not the holy one, but one, uh, one found in a And so that that's a red flag. That's where the addiction kicks in, the old nature is now rearing his head and it becomes a struggle that is not uh, something that you should be engaging with. Now, if you come to Christ and you have this as an issue, then God is freeing you of it and there's a process there in scripture for us to let it go. Right. To, to yoke ourselves fully to him, to have those family members in Christ for accountability as well as um, for the coaching and uh, that should be something we're leaning toward again replacing that with real relationship mm. okay so when it comes to <laughs> struggle um what would you consider to be healthy struggle 
Yeah, I, I like the way that you talked about having there being two types of struggle. As uh, I'm just kind of thinking through right now, I'm thinking of suffering and work. Mm. Um, you know, we were chatting before we started recording here, and we talked about the way that words are used, where stress is a word that means something very specific to whoever's using it, and does not mean uh, it can mean a whole range of things to whoever the whoever is hearing that person use the word stress. I can talk about being under physical stress if I'm at the gym or, um, you know, working out, doing some manual labor. I can talk about mental stress based on a whole factor of, a list of factors. Um, But whatever it is I'm talking about, when I say I'm stressed, I mean something pretty specific and, and it, it could be, I am extremely overwhelmed right now. I feel like I'm drowning and there's nothing I can do. It could be physical. It could be emotional. Um, but you, the person hearing it, you've got to be asking yourself a couple questions. Uh, a, how high is this stress? How high is this relative to other stresses in your life? How high is this stress or the experience of this stress to the experience of other people? And how high is your experience of the stress to the reality of the stressor mm-hmm. that's causing the stress? And and then after all that, is there something that you're asking of me? Is there something that you need from me? How can I, you're telling me, what is it that you want from me? And how can I respond to that in such a way to help you? Because you know, let's kind of take it for granted that one helps. So your question is, what is, what is good stress? What is good struggle, bad struggle? Uh, Going back to the analogy of the gym, there's there's training and there's suffering. Um, scripture starts with God putting Adam and Eve into the garden. And among the very first commandments he gives to them is to work. Um, work didn't follow sin. It didn't come from sin. It didn't follow the fall. It was a part of our God-given inheritance as his image bearers. God is a working God who worked for six days and then rested. He created us to work alongside with him. And work is, by definition, difficult. There's an effort that's required for work, just as there's an effort required for training. And then as you look through the rest of Scripture, there's a motif of work and rest that starts there in Genesis and extends all the way through Scripture and culminates in Revelation, where the writer of Hebrews touches on this and says, we are going to our rest, but we're, we want to be faithful so that we are sure that we will enter into that rest. But when we get to the end of Revelation, that rest has come. The work has, the toil has finished, and we have been brought into that eternal rest until that point between Genesis 1-1 and Revelation 20, we're in a process of toiling and working. And that means effort. That means difficulty. That means struggle in the same way that as our bodies grow, um, our muscles get stronger by tearing and then healing. Our bodies get larger by being stretched and being pushed out and then having to catch up, whether it's you know catching up in calories or catching up in um, minerals and and, and other uh, health uh, 
um, needs so that our bodies remain healthy as we grow. So and we can look at the, the idea of enduring uh, that you know, Paul especially, but Jesus talked about. Um, enduring, the idea there is standing up under the pressure of something. That is work. So bottom line, I'm saying God has called us to work. God uses work to create in us the image of Christ as we are being perfected through the struggle that he puts us through. And he has created us to do good works that he's set aside for us to do from before he even called us. That's all a part of what's baked into the cake of being a Christian. You can go beyond that, though, to being a bonehead. Um, once you become a bonehead, all of a sudden you can start looking back at the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers, and you can see where the children of Israel, as an example, go and they start working outside of the way God has told them they are to operate. They stop listening to his voice. They stop following his directions. And as a result, he starts letting them experience not work, but suffering as a result of their choices. And we see this again with the same principle throughout all of Scripture. Once a person leaves the, the, um, the safe harbor, I guess, of God's will, of walking in that relationship with God, which, which doesn't just mean loving him, but, you know, again, God's, I think you said this, God's currency for love is obedience. Mm -hmm. That's his love language. That's his love language, absolutely. Once we walk outside of that, there is a pain associated with walking away from God. It has nothing to do with God's anger or his retribution. It has everything to do with his blessing. When we walk out from under that blessing to pursue our own way, the blessing that is on us as we follow him protects us from a lot of suffering. Once we walk out of that, that protection is no longer there. It's basically like removing your umbrella and walking out uh, into sleep or hail. And so the question for me as I've gone through my life is, as I'm experiencing struggle, is God chastising me here or is he growing me? Is this a part of his getting my attention because there's something that he wants to prune because it's going to be, this part of my life needs to be changed? Or is this him putting me under heavier weights on the weight bench so that I progressively get stronger to a point where I can carry all the weight that he has designed me and called me to carry. Um, how do you, in your life, if you, as, as you've experienced, you know, 40 some years of life now, how have you examined for yourself that question? Um, I, I'll be honest. You, are, I'll be honest, as a, as a new believer, I always thought it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was me. I I just assumed I'd done something wrong. Like, um, I, you know, but that that was part of my immaturity as far as even the, the acceptance of the work of Christ when it comes to future. Right. And I, I always assumed that, you know, he's pruning. Like, there was never an assumption that there was anything else as far as the growth until right. um, 
I, I do know in my walk now that part of my thinking is that there can be a both hand to make it muddier, but then there also can be stuff that has nothing to do with me. Um, I look at Job and his kids, when you get into early chapters, they were all wiped out and it says they did nothing wrong. Um, and so I, I don't assume that it's always me, even if I'm dealing with the weight of it, but I also know that God can teach me something all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm running with the, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So there's something to learn. And I think, uh, that is, uh, the part that I strive to do the most. So when I do feel like, hey, I've done it again, um, and there's no way God's gonna answer my prayers now because I sinned again or whatever, and then he does and I go, oh no, uh, huh? How did, how did that work? Well, that's because again, it wasn't me. He's looking at Christ's blood and I'm still supposed to learn something mm. from what I need to let go. He is very gracious, loving. Right, whether it's a job or a house or a car, it still occurred. I've been praying for it, and yet I still sinned. I still messed up. Yeah, he is loving, and so as I persevere, I have to get to that place not of callousness, which is very much cultural, but of a soft-heartedness where I'm so um, humbled and broken because God's love is despite me. Almost like it's, it's one of those things where um, I need to get stronger because I, I want to be closer. Yeah. I need to get stronger because he is all powerful. It has nothing to do with um, I need to get stronger so that I can stay closer. Like I'm going to will it myself, but it's, it's, it really is. I want to be closer for relational stuff. I want to be closer for engagement. And now when I do send, it's the, Oh, I can't believe I did this to the one that I love. Mm. I can't believe that this is where I am. And so the the strength training, the getting into the word, the obedience, <clears throat> the the things that I need to be intentional about, um, I recognize when I've fallen away from those. Mm -hmm. Typically right before the fall. That's right when I'm distracted. Um, it's it's interesting. It's either that or I just left the gym spiritually. <laughs> One or the other. Right. Right? Kind of like when you leave the gym and at least for me, there's a, an Amish market right across the street from the gym. And every Saturday morning at stupid early in the morning, they start making all their fried products. That's awesome. Fried chicken to fried donuts. And that's what you smell when you leave the gym. <laughs> <laughs> So either as soon as I've had this spiritual high with God, things have gone well, I've preached a sermon and everyone's like, whoa, or um, I've written something or done something and it's like, oh, look at that. And look at God. Really, God moved in that moment. I'm glad to be his vessel. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I did take my eyes off of him. And so mm. I've fallen into something I regret and I must confess, I must uh, repent of it. Um, I need to be honest with God and whoever I offended, if there was someone else. And I need to move forward in the freedom um, of what Christ has done. But there's no but. It's an and I have to understand um, that I'm forgiven personally so I can move forward. Um, yeah. 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 God, God um, said really clearly that he only disciplines the children that he loves. 
And the child that's not being disciplined is an illegitimate child. It doesn't even say it's a child that's hated. That's mm. an illegitimate child. Mm. You can tell if the kid that's with me doesn't belong to me if I'm not disciplining them. God disciplines us. He chastens us because he loves us. So I've been watching... Um, and watching videos of uh, various boot camps, both American and uh, and other nationalities, and watching the different ways that soldiers um, are made. Mm-hmm. You experienced this firsthand uh, your plebe summer at the uh, at the Naval Academy, mm-hmm. and my guess is that there was you know especially uh, during the indoctrination week, um, there were experiences that you had as a as a plebe coming in where you've been given instructions probably really quickly and probably not as clearly as you would have liked. There's a very high level of expectation that you will follow the instructions to the letter immediately, mm-hmm. perfectly. Mm-hmm. And when you do your best, uh, what you experience is uh, in some branches of the military drill instructors and yours probably some upperclassmen just eating you up They're screaming at you about everything that you're doing wrong screaming about you screaming at you about things that you might even be doing right and you could you probably experience this and ask yourself at some point here am I, why is why is this going on is there an analogy between your experience there and your analogy as a new believer in christ I think I think one of the biggest things we struggle with is a desire for perfection. And I mean, just listening to you ask the question, that was the first thing that jumped into my mind was, if it's not 100% right, it's not right. <laughs> and, uh, and therefore, you must address anything that is left over. Right. Um, there's a there's two extremes in the I don't know what to call the group of people who follow Christ but aren't actually Christian. Um, there, there are Americans. Um, you have the extremist on both ends where yeah. um, you know if you don't do everything perfect you clearly are not going to heaven, which is not okay. at all. Yep. And <clears throat> then you wouldn't have needed Christ. That's legalism. That's the law. Um, and then you have the other extreme of because I've got salvation, I don't have to do anything. I'm done, which also isn't in scripture. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and so, you know, I, I do believe there's a lot of people that are deceived and are going to miss the mark and be shocked. Those that have um haven't served they've done but they haven't served um because they haven't been paying attention um to their actual lord Mm. can't be your lord if you're not paying attention to um you know and then on the other extreme you have those who just want you know the 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 jesus clause right Um, give me the good gifts and i'll talk to you later this is my life i'm living my best you know you only live once kind of follower. Um, for the believer, though, 
um, for the believer, um, the goal is to continue getting strong. Um, it's to move forward. And so mm -hmm. military, as you're training, the leaders see getting better and want you to get better even as, even as they continue to apply more pressure. Um, you don't often feel that and it doesn't seem like love or even something that is for your best is you're losing weight by running an inordinate number of miles with strangers that are going to become family soon. Right. And it doesn't seem logical as you're trying to remember facts about the useless stuff <laughs> um, in the world that's you know, occurring with the understanding that later on you're going to be memorizing facts on every ship in the Navy and every, you know, article of military um, uh, stuff from history to maneuvers, all kinds of stuff. Um, I know for the believer, the same is true that, you know, when you first come to Christ, there's this hunger, even as you stated before, to get into the word and to really eat. And that hunger is something that we have to stoke by actually being active. And that's a lot of what happens during boot camp and plebe year, or that time when you're first being indoctrinated. If you're just eating, um, then that's going to lead to, you know, a fluffy leaper. Um, and you can't just consume and not produce. But if you're actively engaging with what God is showing you, as he's showing it to you and you're making it a part of your life, yeah. then the changes you're making will affect not just you, but those around you and even generations. I mean, I'm, I'm still running and I learned that there. <laughs> and um, I've got family members that are running. You're running. <laughs> I've got yeah. members of the church running because of the impact of uh, um, training that you received. Hmm? It's training that you received that right. has impacted others. Yeah. And I took it on as my own. Right. Then began to share it and be patient and gracious, loving and joyful in that training process. Right. It, it is very much intentional. And so right. um, discipleship has got to be that way. It's not, um, I go to church every Sunday. You know, I feel like I'm getting blessed and then I go home and I'll see y'all next week or even. I have a group that I talk to people about and they talk to me about others. Really, it's a gossip group, but we break out the Bible every now and then and <laughs> pray for them. Um, <laughs> it's more um, a disciplined life. And that is so different than what we're being presented with today. Mm. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a life that's overflowing with grace and love and joy and hope, but it's a disciplined life because I can only focus on him. Um, and those right. given me to, um, to sharpen and to shepherd. But yeah. Um, okay. So just for the record, um, you can't use motif and bonehead in the same podcast. Just, just for the record. Like you, that's probably true. That's <laughs> probably true. I'm the flag on that one. <laughs> Part of a discussion, but I was like, um, you can't. You can't use, you know, moments later, so no one's going to call you in. Um, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. This is. The, I, I want. I want you to ask a question, but this is a really good time for me to take a uh, 
commercial break. <laughs> I'll be back in a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 